situation set up, but uh, it took a lot longer than I expected it to. No worries. Yeah, we were kind of wondering why uh, why we're getting the view like we're going to catch a predator. <laughs> uh, the predator or Chris Hansen? Do you oh. have a case of Zima somewhere in your... Uh... <laughs> I haven't gotten a like a phone holder for my uh, tripod, <laughs> so yeah. it's literally just duct taped to the tripod. <laughs> hey, nice. it works. It works. It works. It works. Hey, yeah, it my, works. Uh, it works. Not that I'm using this microphone right now, but my microphone is a uh, combination of a uh, tension tension uh, thing that I bought off the internet and the base of a IKEA lamp. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> because the uh, the clamp wouldn't fit to my desk because my desk has a beveled edge. I think and when Tony I... and I did our Christmas photos, we used hair ties to attach the front <laughs> to the tripod. Yep. <laughs> there we go. I'm trying to get that light is in such a weird position. Anyways, <clears throat> um, yeah, it's kind of washing out you. Yeah, maybe I'll point it down a little bit. But now yeah. I'm tilted. Oh well. Now you're just in a 90s music video. Yeah, I'm in a... That's exactly okay. what I was about to say. Holy shit. <laughs> Dutch angle. I'm a, I'm a Batman villain. Yeah, you have to go all over the top like... Uh... Get him, boys! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the camp counselor from that uh, Simpsons episode. Do you know what I'm referring to? Which one? It's... Um... Camp Krusty or... Uh, it's... No, it's uh, th their their reference. Oh, it's um, it's the one where they meet Adam West. He's like, we we used we used to do the Batusi, um, and then he like flashes back to the to the Batman '60s show, and mm -hmm. he's like fighting this villain called the Camp Counselor, yeah. and he's dressed like a Camp Counselor, and he's like, get him, boys, <laughs> and then like the the Boy Scout themed henchmen like attack Batman. Nice. That's one of the movie Adam West. That's one of the early seasons. I, yeah, that's like season. I mean, I think it's like season five or six. Yeah, I haven't seen those in ages. I rewatched The Simpsons <clears throat> like first few seasons at least once a year, or at least every other year. Well, shall we? Sure. All right. I guess there's one bit of uh, Marvel news that came out this week. Uh, Actually, two bits of Marvel news. Uh, Marvel's Modoc, uh, John Hamm is uh, oh, voicing yeah. Iron Man. That's I fun. Did, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also, Nathan Fillion is to voice Wonder Man. Wasn't he always? Wasn't? Wasn't I there think... like talk that he was going to play Wonder Wonder Man at some point? Uh, yeah, he's been well, in and out of discussions for that. By the way, that sexy animal just turned fifty. So happy birthday, Nathan Fillion! Holy shit. Huh. That and wasn't he like our age for Firefly? He was like thirty. Yeah. To late thirty. Because yeah. Firefly was twenty years ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's even. I mean, that's even worse though. Well, it's not quite twenty years ago. It's still like eighteen years ago. But sure. like a, it's like a meme I saw on Reddit the other day. It's uh, yeah, your brain is telling you what Final Fantasy game out came came out twenty years ago. Oh, I don't know, must have been one of the NES ones. No, it was no. PS2 Final Fantasy eleven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw. Not even not even ten, eleven. Yeah. I saw an Instagram reel this week from 
I don't know the actress's name off the top of my head, but it's it looks like seemingly some random girl. She's like, people always be like, hey, aren't you the girl, the 13 year old girl from 13 going on 30? She's like, yeah. And now I'm almost 30. <laughs> like, how old do you feel right now? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like the the prequels are farther away in time than when than the OT was when the prequels came out. The baby from the Nevermind album has babies of his own. It's <laughs> turning a really fucking depressing opening of the Getting Off Topic podcast. <laughs> so it's 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 funny that you bring up Nathan Fillion because um, I've been watching a lot of Monk. Mm-hmm. Guys, uh, so I, I never really watched Monk before. I maybe caught like maybe in the entire like eight eight year run of the show or eight season run of the show. I think I saw a total of two full episodes of the entire yeah. show. I always heard it was great, but I never got around to it. Yeah, I mean it's it's fun. It's just like it's just like Kojak. Like it's just a fun <clears throat> like mystery show. It, it, it's in the style of the those like uh British detective mysteries mm-hmm. like they're all hyper episodic you know you can watch any of them out of order yeah, um, there's not really a huge overarching plot no to, uh, monk the death of his wife is like the only thing yeah and and then the fact that he's you know got extreme ocd, OCD. Yeah. um anyways the reason i brought that up is because uh the girl in it was in two guys a girl in a pizza place Oh wow! With Nathan Fillion and Ryan Reynolds, and Ryan Reynolds, yeah, <laughs> Jesus, which I used to watch as a kid, literally a child, um, and I really enjoyed it because I don't know, I liked Ryan Reynolds and, and Nathan Fillion, I guess, and then I ended up lo- seeing them later and stuff. And Blink One Eighty Two was in an episode; it was great. <laughs> oh my god! Yep. And anytime Monk comes up, it always reminds me of my favorite uh, visual gag with the uh, with the DVD box sets. Uh, I don't own them myself, but I uh, I've seen the picture of it. So Monk is a severely OCD character, like extremely OCD. Mm-hmm. And uh, the DVD box sets have his portrait on the bottom of the uh, of the the individual season boxes, except for one of them. One of them is at the top. And because he's severely OCD, if he would have saw, if he would see that himself, he'd be in, in, extremely insane. That's specifically, really clever. Specifically there to bother OCD people. Yes, yeah. that's fantastic. <clears throat> wasn't that a wasn't that a USA show? Yes. Yeah, it was one yeah. of the thousand USA shows that I never so like that. Or see. I was reading recently that uh, prior to The Walking Dead, Monk had the most watched episode of primetime cable ever wow with eight million viewers and then later the walking dead would go on to blow that out of the water even with its per like first season for some reason like usa never struck me as like a heavy hitter like I, as far as ratings wise like it was a channel that i always passed over the only, the only show that i, I mean not for our demographic yeah <laughs> Out of that for era, boomers man like boomers love that shit that's true yeah that out of that era around monk uh and suits and whatnot burn notice and stuff like that burn notice that was the only one that i ever watched i went back and watched <laughs> i wonder why <laughs> bruce campbell of course well but- it's funny because the, the guy the guy who was in burn notice he's in and he's in and uh he, he plays an astronaut 
in in monk oh wow and i'm pretty sure that they probably because you know how casting directors for those types of networks Mm -hmm. work is they they usually work for for the same production companies and those production companies usually work with a network so you end up with people like for example cheers frazier and star trek all have the exact same pool of Los Angeles actors. Mm -hmm. And you see, and they're literally, the sound stages are across the street from each other. So uh, there's this joke that all Cheers and Frasier's episodes are actually holodeck episodes. (laughs) (laughs) It's official headcanon. Yeah. That's a funny story. One of our coworkers actually was a extra on both Cheers and a holodeck episode. Really? Star Trek Next Gen. (laughs) That's pretty funny. What episode? Do you know? Uh, the Outrageous Okona, I think it was. Uh, Which coworker? Uh, uh, Patrick, he was on the night shift. Mm. Um, he's yeah. also a, a B, uh, well, not even a B list. Like, uh, is it an extra? Yeah, but he he does like uh, like uh, direct to internet films, direct to DVD ah. type films. Yeah, uh, every, uh, every now I... and again. Byron, it was the episode of Next Gen where Data is trying to learn comedy and he enlists a holodeck oh. Joe Piscopo. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, our coworker was just one of the random holodeck audience members laughing. <laughs> I really strongly dislike 80s stand-up comedy. So <laughs> every time I, and I, I don't, I'm not particularly fond of Joe Piscopo either. Um, so every time I watch that episode, I'm just like, oh dear god (laughs) because they're not even aping that's the thing in that episode they're not even aping 80s stand-up comedy they're aping like 50s and 60s stand-up comedy at least data is yeah it was uh pretty hacky as i can remember Um, one thing i wanted to mention was um i don't know if you guys watched this show but i was i was sad to see the final episode of superstore this week um that was Superstore is a big favorite of mine i I started watching it in the first season and i absolutely love it i think the cast is great i think the writing (laughs) is really good and the stories that they've managed to put together about like the the horrific capitalistic quagmire that is uh, big box stores (laughs) um it's just like they just served the the they did a good job representing the industry really well. And I, it, if anybody has worked in, in one of those types of stores, it's, I mean, even grocery stores are sort of, it's, you know, it's easy to, to understand their plight. <laughs> uh, and the show came to an end this week and um, I'm really sad. That show, like I remember when it was first airing and it looked really good, but I, it seems like a show that probably wasn't going to be around for very long. So I hadn't it watched went six it. seasons. Yeah. And yeah. but now it's, it's, I mean, it is almost over. So now I can just go back and binge the whole thing. I mean, it's all over now. It's, yeah, it's done. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Strongly, strongly recommend it. It's like one of those shows that you can, you can binge and you will absolutely, yeah. it'll be a favorite by the end. Yeah. We'll add it to the list. Um, there were two other, uh, well, farewells we had to bid this past week. Um, pretty sad ones. Number one, George Siegel passed away. Oh, yeah. yeah. From uh, SNL. Uh, and billions SNL. of other things. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's the first thing I knew him from. Was, oh, uh, and, uh, TV Funhouse. Oh, okay. Shorts. Um, well, uh, 
Yeah, George Siegel from uh, the first thing I remember him from was Just Shoot Me as the the uh, the owner like, uh, owner of the magazine. Yeah, with uh, uh, David Spade and them. But uh, he's most beloved now from uh, the Goldbergs for the last uh, eight seasons. I think they're in now. The, I think this was the final season, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they aired his uh, the Wait, final. Episode. I think I'm mixing. Yes, you're mixing up. Him up. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, he's a he, he's, he's a comedy actor from the the seventies eighties. No, yeah. I know who he is now. I yeah, just twisted it up in my mind. Yeah, thirty four to twenty twenty one. He was eighty seven years old, and um, sadly, it was uh, just complications from a bypass surgery. That sucks. Yeah, it's you always it, it's always like really disappointing to hear that like somebody dies in the hospital. You yeah. know. You go to get go in to get something fixed, and then you know, and then you die. Yeah. Uh, right. Was it uh, Joan Rivers a few years back? It was uh, yeah. like some sort of uh, vocal cord surgery or something like that. Yeah, the, I think they're still in like litigation over that too. I think her her estate is still suing the hospital over that one. Jeez. But yeah, I mean, eighty-seven, you know, good long run, but still, it sucks. Dude. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Cheers to George Siegel, and then. Just a few days after that, Jessica uh, Walters. Jessica Walters. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, I have to say, like, Matriarch she, of the Blues. She is so incredible in Arrested Development. Like, yeah. Yeah. she, uh, I mean, I can't even imagine that show without her. Like, she is so, like, um, well, that whole cast, like, each one complements everything else. So if you just remove one of those people, that show is not the same. Yeah. Yeah. But she was just, like so perfect (laughs) jessica walter 80 years old um i'll always remember her as the uh as mallory archer like Mm. that was that performance is fucking brilliant just to this day i've only seen a handful of archer episodes but i mean i just i hear you know her as um uh, lucille bluth i just i hear her voice and i'm like oh okay that's that's lucille (laughs) it's essentially the same character really yeah Pretty much. It's it. interesting. It's interesting how like various people uh, take to various different um, like animated comedies because I've never particularly been. A, I've I've seen a lot of Archer. I have I haven't ever really particularly liked it. Um, mm. But other there are other shows uh, that are similar in its like Venture Brothers, which I think is incredible and brilliant. Mm. And they're very similar in like tone, I guess. I remember. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go. That's fine. The the first couple times I tried to like, I sat down. and was like, okay, I watched like the pilot of Archer, maybe one or two more. I maybe got one, two, three episodes in, and then just you know put it down for other stuff. And I think I watched that first episode a couple times throughout the years. Like I was like, oh yeah, I should finally go back and start watching Archer because everybody's like you know jizzes over it it's so amazing and i went back and watched it and i got the same feeling every time for some reason it was just one of those shows where it felt like the volume was cranked up too loud no matter how low my tv was and everybody just Mm -hmm. screams at each other like that's their normal (laughs) speaking voice is screaming at each other and after a while i just couldn't take it it wasn't like it was mildly funny to me but it was just too i don't know you are right, though. The default tone when people are talking to each other on that show is screaming at each other. 
<laughs> it's like it, that's that's I'm mean, not against that. Like it's funny when people are bickering with each other, but it felt like that was it. Like it was always at eleven and never anything else. And it just after a while, I had to just stop watching it. And, and the other funny thing is, I I love the cast. Like every single person in the cast, I think is fantastic. But I've never like I don't think I've once uh been like wow that was an amazing episode of archer <laughs> but maybe, i, under- I understand I why i understand why people like it, i don't think there is an amazing episode of archer i think it's just consistently good not consistently great but consistently okay, yeah, I, good I, I can agree with that maybe it leveled out after maybe if i kept watching it maybe it was like uh and it's over that season one early hump and they find the characters and they find the right tone because uh, it, every exactly. time i caught like random bits you know i'm flipping channels and maybe i'll catch 10 minutes of something and i it's in the middle of the episode i have no idea what's going on but i do laugh i'm like oh okay this is good i i do have to go back and watch this sometime yeah season one sets up a lot of running gags it sets up a lot of the character jokes and and all that stuff so once you get through season one and there's like nine or ten seasons of it, it it definitely is much much better all right duly noted but yeah uh that i have been seeing everybody freaking out over invincible which just uh, oh yeah invincible is great I, I i've only seen the first episode thus far because i want to like give it its time because mm-hmm. invincible is one of my all-time like favorite comic books of all yeah, all-time favorite comic books. And that's um, a comic that I've always told myself I have to go back and read, and I still we haven't. Have no, we don't have in- Invincible. It's the type of thing that, uh, I, like, I've reread the first, like, 30 issues. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times. I, I did fall pretty far behind a few years ago. There was, a, there was just a period of time where I, I was not collecting comics and it's really easy especially because kirkman is pretty consistent about putting his titles out on time so um or at least <laughs> invincible he is um oh yeah invincible was kirkman yeah it's a, and he's it started around the same time that walking dead did and it's interesting because when i first started reading invincible i liked invincible more and then i started reading walking dead and i was like oh yeah walking dead is good but then over time it sort of flipped Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoyed Walking Dead more until the show started. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirkman is just like one of those comic creators that like he just keeps going and going and going. That dude is a train. Yeah, he there, turns the fuck out of content. Yeah, out. I mean, like, holy shit. Like, and 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 it's consistently good. I mean, compare that to like Hellboy or like Spawn or um, where there are entire years worth of Spawn comics that are just not even barely worth reading. <laughs> but Robert Kirkman's stuff is almost always good. O- always at least like entertaining, but mm-hmm. at his highs and lows is like incredible. Spawn and Hellboy and stuff. Other like, I, I think it also helps that uh, compared to other super long running stories, Kirkman almost always has a long-term goal for where the story is going he's not he's not just like randomly doing shit that uh, he's very much like um like brian k vaughn in that way in, in that he's got a story specifically planned out and sometimes he may stretch that out a bit and it may take longer to get to the story that he's got but he does have a, a specific end goal in mind mm-hmm. yeah 
I still remember back in the day after, uh, well, once Walking Dead, the show took off and he was getting hammered with interviews left and right. And everybody always brought up if Rick <clears throat> would lose his hand in the show like he did yeah. in the comic. And, and, it, and it never happened. Like, Kirkman was like, fuck no. Like that was yeah. like the biggest mistake I ever did. It was such a pain in the ass to figure out like, oh shit, he only has one hand. Right. What can I, what can he do in the comic now? Like <laughs> right around. <laughs> so he said like, no, this is the perfect opportunity to fix that mistake. Yeah. To fix that. Mistake. Well, and they also, they also found plenty of ways to have other characters uh, take on that specific um, yeah. trait. Yeah. And yeah. there, there's a couple of them. Damn Real it. quick to go back to Invincible. Um, so this is a so something I noticed. It's an hour long animated TV show. I don't think I've ever seen an hour long animated show. Animated show that no. wasn't that wasn't like a that wasn't like um a like a block of episodes mm. or um like yeah like a mini series or a mini series or something or uh, anime are often hour long but um, american animation is almost never longer than 22 minutes so what we're looking at is essentially an hour long um an hour long drama but mind you uh, it's it's 44 minutes it's not actually but for I I, right, I was thinking about it today, or I was thinking about it a couple of days ago, and I literally cannot think of any thing, anything, any American animated show that is longer, that is forty four minutes. Hmm. Yeah, I can, I really can't. Oh, I'm gonna have to add this one to the list. I mean, <laughs> I, um, I think I read Ro Stephen, Stephen Young is the. Uh... Yeah, uh, the the cast, the cast in Invincible. Somebody bring up the cast and just read it up. It read it off. It's incredible. Hey, Byron, um, tell us about that cast. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. There's a lot of Walking Dead alums, which is not a surprise. Stephen Young, J.K. Simmons, Seth Rogen, Mark Hamill, Zazie Beetz, Jillian, Gillian Jacobs, uh, Sandra O, oh, Walton Goggins. Holy shit! Jason Mansukas. Yes. Uh, who else? Zachary Quinto. Yep. Kari Payton of Walking Dead. Kevin Michael Richardson, May Whitman. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the, I saw the cast while I was watching. I looked it up on my phone while I was watching the other day, and I was like, "Holy shit, this cast is incredible!" Oh, Je Jeffrey Donovan from Burn Notice. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Sonequa Martin Green, Ezra Miller, Clancy Brown, Jesus Christ, Ross Mark Yeah. Vaughan. Yeah. Uh, mind you, about seven of these characters die in the first episode so oh neat <laughs> yeah um it's a bunch of stunt casting for the premiere and then... uh yeah i mean the animation is really good it looks a lot like the the comic it's it's just a very it seems to be a very um i think they're they're going sort of the walking dead way of it is that it's going to be a very faithful adaptation in certain ways but then to keep the audience on their toes he's going to mix stuff up which honestly is, I think, the best way to do an adaptation of uh, a beloved medium is to to throw, unless it's something like the Lord of the Rings, where you sort of want to be as faithful as you as you can. Mm -hmm. um, with comics uh, fans, I think, and and you don't have to go full Attack on Titan page for page. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, 
The other interesting thing is that this is there's still a planned film adaptation oh, of really? Invincible coming, and it this hasn't this hasn't taken it taken its place. The film adaptation is still being is still in pre-production, and supposedly is uh it's got like a bidding war on it, or the the bidding war is over, but like it's out it's happening. It's not in development hell. All right. Interesting. We'll have to see. I wonder with Invincible uh, breaching new new ground with uh, or breaking new ground with, like you said, like a, an hour long or roughly, you know, 45 minute, whatever animated show. If this works like gangbusters, I wonder if we'll see more comic adaptations like this in animated form, as opposed to <clears throat> the struggle of trying to uh, bring a light at live adaptation like uh, the troubled Why the Last Man show. I mean, I would expect that um anything that is by image or skybound that's probably going to be the case like if they like battle pope or science dog or um any of the ansel the because that's the other thing is that invincible sort of set up like a larger universe um and crosses over into the rest of the image universe so like savage dragon is hanging around in um in the invincible universe uh so I would definitely say that it's a it's a definitely a backdoor for image stuff. Mm -hmm. Good. I might get my uh, birthright animation. Ooh, equal. Did you all catch that trailer for um, Bird Girl? The I did. Yeah, Harvey Birdman's. Oh man, I I loved Harvey Birdman back in the day. So like, I I saw that trailer and I was like, oh shit, yeah. I only ever saw that's another one I only ever saw bits and pieces of Harvey Birdman, but whenever it was on, I laughed. But yeah, that uh, is premiering pretty soon, actually, April fourth. Oh wow! Yeah, that's like next week. Yeah, cool. I didn't realize it was so close. Yeah, me either. They kept that one under their hat. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hear anything about it whatsoever until just that trailer dropped a couple days ago. Well, one that has been coming for a long time and in limbo, Marvel and Disney have finally decided to release Black Widow with uh, <laughs> doing the uh, the the joint theater and digital release with Disney Plus's whole premium. Rental. Honestly, I feel like they should have just just done this. They should have done this like nine months ago. Yeah, pretty much. But not only that, but they also pushed it back in another another month or two. So yeah, instead of coming out in May, it's coming out in what, late June? Uh, July 9th. July 9th. Yeah. I wonder why they're waiting so long to release it. I don't know. They want movie theaters to fully open yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't like, want they didn't want to do the the split release. Period. Yeah. They did not want to do it. I mean, I understand why. But but the the reason why I think they should have just done it months ago is because at this point in the timeline black widow takes place so long ago mm -hmm. like it takes place before infinity war yeah which in the timeline is like seven years ago mm -hmm. yeah. which, i mean they've done they've done like prequel-esque i mean guardians 2 supposedly took place like six uh, after in guardians 2013 yeah yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be nice to finally get it out there. But yeah, like you said, I don't get why they didn't just do this like practically a year ago. But whatever. Wish they would just uh, 
pull a Warner Brothers and say like, hey, just subscribe to HBO Max, bro. You get everything. Well, <laughs> did you hear about that? What? That's officially coming to an end. So that oh. is not going to be the case in 2022. Oh, so they're it, just for 2021. They're going to have all their. There's going to be a 45 day uh, a theater mm-hmm. window. Oh, OK. Which 45 days is that's only a month and a half. Is yeah, it because but... they're losing money that way with these big releases or it's because all of the directors literally rose up in revolt and really? just universally shit on the idea. <laughs> well, and also because the theater industry there are there's a the theater industry has a lot of clout over their relationships with theaters because the 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 studios do actually make a lot of money exhibiting their films in theaters like they they do actually make way more money that way but uh it's also more convenient for them to have control as much control over exactly how the movie uh is released as possible so if they cut out movie theaters then they can release the movie now online and people will watch it uh and they have immediate exact control over how it gets released where the theaters you know have a lobby and and uh throw their weight around by saying like hey if you don't if you force us to show this movie we're not going to show any of your movies etc like uh the the famous story of uh disney and uh quentin tarantino having a battle over uh i think it was the last or uh the the second of the sequel films uh quentin tarantino had reserved the uh big imax or the big uh 85 millimeter uh theater in la for his uh for hateful eight hateful eight and disney had wanted that for star wars and they had told the theater company okay fine if you give him this even though you've already signed a contract if you don't cancel that contract not only will you not get Star Wars, but you will not see a single Disney movie from here on out. Oh, so they had, yeah, yeah. So they had to cancel Quentin Tarantino. And that's contract. serious. That's serious shit. Like, I mean, and that's and that's exactly the problem here is that Disney has the, especially since they own so many fucking studios now, mm-hmm. uh, they have the ability to blacklist entire theater chains if they don't do exactly what they want. Yeah. Wasn't there because that? If you don't have a Fox or Disney movie for for an entire summer, <laughs> that's a fucking significant portion of revenue that you're missing out on. Yeah. Um, like Disney controls what something like thirty five or forty five percent of all yeah, major studios it's like now. Thirty five percent of of the entire film industry. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What were you gonna say, Tony? Uh, on that note, uh, Regal theaters will be opening back up what? next month yeah nice. april i thought they were like bankrupt <laughs> uh no they like just closing. they just shut down operations completely when the pandemic oh started. they came real close a few times <laughs> all, yeah, all they the came major chains real, came real fucking close. close yeah but i mean here's the thing is it like and i'm definitely someone I, I worked in movie theaters for a really long time as an adult um and uh so i understand that industry pretty well um, and I have an affinity for it. I love the movie. I love the theater experience, but it's also, it's not perfect. I get that. Um, but like, 
I, I was sort of when HBO Max uh, decided to do their like streaming thing, I was like, holy fuck! If they continue to do this, they could they could literally bankrupt the 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 theaters. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I but they are but theaters are resilient. They've been through a lot of shit, and people understand the power of the theater experience. And I think. You, you, what you can see is the the movies that have come out over like th- some of them have done well, but most of them have not done very well on streaming, mm-hmm. and uh, not even come close to hitting the same metrics that they would if they're in the theater. And so that has scared the 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 streaming services away from going hardcore into that model because they literally they just can't make the same type of money. Look at Milan, Milan. Well. Aside from the fact that it was a garbage movie, I haven't seen it myself. But, it still uh, would have made two hundred fifty million dollars domestic if they easily. if it had been in the theaters. Easily. Minimum, minimum. It, yeah. Like it would have been a failure at two hundred fifty million dollars domestic, and I think it made like a hundred eighty million from the the downloads. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, it probably would have done close to five hundred million uh, if domestic. It wouldn't have done a billion, not even close, but. Yeah, there there will always be uh no matter what happens, there will always be a market for, you know, theaters. People want to go to you know have that experience. Now, whenever these industry shakeups happen, it's you may see the 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 giants of these industries like you know the AMC's and Regals like they may go through some hard times, just like uh like Meg experienced in the the whole like book industry, brick and mortar bookstores yeah. and Borders falling and Barnes and Noble <laughs> like just barely scraping by for a long time and they now finally with their nails coming back yeah i mean I, I you can you can equate that experience in any sort of industry shakeup in, in lots of places i think theater industry is no different you're going to see uh, uh maybe maybe one of the the big boys just collapse or just just shrink down quite a bit out of sheer necessity to survive yeah. um and then maybe the rise of uh, smaller little uh, little little indie movie houses or something. Um, Honestly, we've had the this thing whole- is, is I actually think it's the opposite. I think we're going to see the death of smaller indie houses, and the big box yeah. theaters are the only ones that are going to be able to survive. I agree with Byron on this. Uh, the 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 indie theaters they they won't have the 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 major support from capital investment that could prop them up as these major theaters do. Especially with, after the pandemic, like yeah. a lot of those, a lot of those theaters, the capital that they were sitting on pretty much just got completely wiped out from under them. So I would expect that if, if we don't see major, 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 I'm talking like, like epic level cinema, like butts in seats, over the next six to nine months that next January we're going to see a flood of independent theaters closing. Mm. I did enjoy the uh, seeing the news about the resurgence of drive-ins during the whole pandemic, but I wonder how, yeah, that's rad. Uh, Honestly, like drive-ins are an amazing experience. If you've never been to a drive-in, it is, uh, I mean, there's nothing like it really. Uh, Mind you, Good. Surprisingly, I think that'll actually come back and stay yes. because because of people's uh, I, I want to say it selfish natures. 
you're in your own car. That means you're in your own world. That means you can do whatever the fuck you want and not have to worry about bugging other you people. You can smoke a blunt. You can like it's jerk like off. You can jerk off entire... your car mate. Like <laughs> you can do whatever you want. You know, it's almost the perfect merge of that that streaming on demand service from your home, but also you can you can fucking Instagram the whole time and not bother anybody. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and that's actually part of the reason why I'm so I'm like, I'm like desperate to I I actually did go see a movie uh, during the pandemic. Um, Our local one of our local indie houses, they they had like extreme, extreme measures where they they were at 10 percent capacity. So only 20 per 20 people were allowed in the theater at a time. And you had to be 10. 15 feet away from each other uh-huh. um, and you had to wear masks the whole time uh, and you couldn't eat or drink. I went and saw Blade Runner and, uh, and mainly because like I was worried that theater was going to close <laughs> and yeah. I wanted to give them my money um, and I had fun, it, but I was like paranoid the whole time. Um, and it, it was also during the least word bad part of the pandemic back like in June or whatever. Um uh, but it, what I realized is that like watching movies at home is just not the same. It is just not the same. I, when I'm at the theater, I pay fucking attention. Mm. I don't look at my phone. I, I am, if, if I'm sitting next to someone who's on their phone, I'm annoyed the entire time. Yeah. Um, it, like if I, and I'm also someone like if and I'm sure people, anybody who, is a friend or former romantic partner of mine who's listening to this will <laughs> definitely agree with me that um, uh, if you're not paying attention while you're watching a movie with me, I get very, very, very annoyed. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm <laughs> the exception to everything. Cause as much as I do enjoy going to the theater to see the brand new hero movie or whatever the fuck, I genuinely also enjoy watching I'm happy to wait to watch it in my own home because we have the setup where we have surround sound. Our TV is like the size of our wall. So, you know, in this tiny apartment, it's a rather large TV. We have the backlighting and I can pause it so I can use the bathroom and not miss Yeah, it. but do you pay attention to the movie? I do because we See, see that's a that's a huge thing though because like yeah. not everybody does that. No, yeah, we, we have a... we make it like a thing where we're going to sit and watch this film and not be distracted. And the only times that we may pause the film to do a distracting thing is to look something up in pertaining to the film or because we need to use the restroom or we need to go get like a food or drink item. Yeah, I feel like a... most people at this point, uh, it's like that line from uh, The Big Lebowski. It's like a child walking into the middle of a movie <laughs> and they're like, what happened? I don't know what happened. Well, if you've been paying attention to the mm-hmm. fucking movie, you'd understand what was happening. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Oh. You're out of your element. Yeah, we have a weird, no, I, I totally understand the effect that you're, you're talking about. And like you, I, I do get kind of miffed if I'm watching uh, you know, a movie with somebody and they're you know fucking around on their phone or something. Uh, Meg and I have these this weird sort of 
like we go into theater mode when we're sitting down to watch yes. a movie specifically. If it's a random I do too. It's like I do a TV too. show or something, then yeah. we're more relaxed about it and we might Yeah, feel... yeah, whatever. TV. But but if we if we're, you know, turning on the sound bar, we're dimming the lights, we're in theater mode for like it's movie time. And to me I, like that I feel like that is not a very common thing. I guess nowadays. Not, because for me <laughs> a lot of times I even prefer the at-home experience than a theater because within the last few years it didn't matter what time of day I went, whether it was a weekday or a weekend or three in the afternoon or eight o'clock at night, there was always somebody in that theater that was pissing me off because they were talking, eating on their fucking phone. Like, yeah, we had doing we had a... something that just pissed me off. And it's like I paid 15 bucks to see this movie. Plus oh, yeah. Whatever concession stand things that I ate. Yeah, we I had a lot of we had our row. Yeah. I remember when we were doing our regular movie thing, like once a week, uh, and we had the worst fucking luck with getting kids and assholes in our movies. Yeah. Remember that asshole was, behind us in uh, Jurassic, Jurassic World? Yeah. Yeah. God was about to fight the dude. <laughs> I almost so, literally punched a dude in a theater. So I, I, I have to mention that um, I'm, I'm sort of lucky because uh, Portland has the best movie culture that I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, the, this city is obsessed with movies. We have uh, one of the best movie theaters in the country, the Hollywood theater. It's actually um, Tar- Quentin Tarantino's favorite movie theater in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's sort of like Alamo draft house in that um, it's got, it's a, it's actually a nonprofit. Um, restored 1950s era movie theater oh, shit. Um, with a with a true actual uh, um, 70 millimeter projector oh, wow. um, there you go Meg we gotta move to Portland yeah I just I've <laughs> just been so jaded by the theater experience in the last few years that you can get a beer in almost every single movie theater in Portland <laughs> almost there's only but like the ones that don't specifically don't have it because it's like a kid's theater or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and also the best, like the most polite. So even despite the fact that you can like eat and drink food in the theater, almost everyone is super polite. There are certain theaters that are like rowdier than others. And they have uh, an expectation of that just because that's the place you're going. But for the most part, Portland has, I mean, you can see literally, I mean, probably any movie in the country. If, if there is a movie playing, in the United States, it's probably playing in Portland. All right. Except for a couple months out of the year, which is like New York and LA. All right. I uh, got a couple more quick little headlines, and then we should probably get on to uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Where, uh, our uh, lethal weapon buddy cop comedy starring uh, <laughs> Bucky and Sam. Uh, but Todd mentioned to me earlier this week, uh, actually we were, I was on shift and he pings me. He's like, Hey man, congrats on the new flash movie. <laughs> because, uh, apparently my doppelganger, uh, Ron Livingston has oh. replaced Billy Crudup as Barry Allen's dad. And, uh, in really? Yeah. I feel like that's better casting uh-huh. than Billy Crudup. I mean, I like Billy Crudup, but like, I don't, I don't know. They said it was just uh, a scheduling conflicts, apparently. Makes sense. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so so Ron Livingston will be. I've always loved Ron Livingston. I feel like yeah, you do no wrong his, with him. His agent is just like always consistently getting him good work. Yeah, I he mean, was in he was in that show Search Party for a little bit. He had his own astronaut show Once Upon a Time. The hmm. two shows that are the two things that he is iconic for though is both Office Space and then completely on the other side is the um, Band of Brothers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was a good one. I mean, I always rem- remember him from uh from John Favreau uh Swingers. How do I how do am I how do I tell my parents that I'm playing goofy? Fuck, I don't even I've seen that movie like 5 times and I don't even remember him in that. Oh, it's been a decade plus since I've seen Swingers. I didn't remember him in that at all. <laughs> yeah, he plays uh he plays the other friend from back home. Okay. Uh, and he's a he's also an actor, and he's complaining about how like he's playing goofy at Disneyland. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Uh, well, another superhero news and more DC news. Actually, uh, they went ahead and put a release date for Black Adam. I guess uh, The Rock is tired of being in limbo on that. Uh, does well, that he's a busy guy. I mean, like you got to lock that shit down. Yeah, he makes like fucking 50 movies a year, for God's sake. <laughs> Didn't they release the cast for the, the villain or something in that film, too? Yeah, they released pretty much the entire um, cast well, list. Well, there's oh, Black here's... Adam, and then there's the Shazam sequel, which is its own separate thing. Is he being introduced in Shazam, too? I'm not sure, but Helen Mirren is going to be a big bad in the Shazam, too. Ooh, Pierce Brosnan is playing the, the big bad in... Uh... In Black Adam? Yeah. Okay. He's playing Wait, Doctor He's playing Doctor Fate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay, so they're Okay, that's so he's going to be a villain? They're playing they're doing a villainish version? Oh. Nope, hero, hero Doctor. Okay. Fate. I was like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but it says hero Well, he's like an anti-hero. Yeah, hero opposite Dwayne Johnson's character. So is okay. Dwayne Johnson's character sort of villainish or anti-hero? Yes. Yeah. Black Adam is like technically a he he's a villain who okay. becomes like an anti-hero. Anti-hero. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Helen Mirren closed the deal to play Hespera, daughter of Atla- of Atlas, in uh, Shazam: Fury of the Gods. All right. Zachary Levi coming back, of course. I was wondering which uh, DC or uh, or Marvel would do more with the the pantheon of of gods first. Well, it looks like well, because <laughs> I mean, they, I guess Wonder Woman has already started it a little. One bit. is doing Norse, and the other is doing like Greek and Roman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the the Greek and Roman also exist in the Marvel universe as well. Yeah, I mean, they both exist in both. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, giant sprawling uh, universes, uh, back in TV land, apparently, apparently HBO just made a massive, like absurdly massive deal with George R. Martin. Oh, for like five, five years. Five years. New stories. Yeah. Yeah. They're saying it's supposed. It, it was supposedly an eight-figure deal. They closed. Holy <laughs> shit. So he he is never finishing the last two books. That's just not going to fucking happen. Is that man ever going to finish that shit? Probably not. No, no. He's not going to finish. He's going to die before they're done. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's not going to finish Winds of Winter, and he's definitely not even going to start on uh, Dream of Spring. Yeah, they already announced a prequel series, House of the Dragon, and uh, and then there was like five projects in development in that whole universe that they're. Well, not only that, but like he's been focused mostly on his other his wild card stuff, and all of that is. Uh, I think he's going to try to get all of that adapted for for HBO. Yeah. Did you guys hear about uh, Comic Con in November? No. Uh, so Comic Con, Comic Con is canceled for this year uh, mm. in the summer, but they're doing a, a smaller mini Comic Con Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, no, that's what. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a disaster. That was happen. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes a little bit of sense to me because. I'm guessing that the San Diego Convention Center was real cheap to book the week of Thanksgiving. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> um, other than that, it's a fucking disastrous idea. Uh, who are they going to get to show up? Anyways. Oh, people will show up. They're always oh. showing up. Yeah. I mean, I'm even, actually. Even if it's just the vendors with giant rows of long boxes. I might maybe. actually be in San Diego in november so depending on when it falls if it's during the period of time that i'm there i might go but <laughs> only if it's during that period of time that's saying Actually, you can I'll, even get tickets we'll we'll go and we'll go in and we'll be like man this is like when we first started going to come yeah it's like a, a 15th of the size yeah well, that just means that uh, that tickets will sell out in one in a fifteen of a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in one second instead of five seconds. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I, I I'm convinced I'm I'm never going to get back in there unless it's something wildly is. Just, just be a volunteer for four hours and you get the rest. Is WonderCon in, in Anaheim as hard to get into? No. No, no, God no. It's easy. It still sells out, but it doesn't sell out as quick. And like usually the like tickets. The only thing that's the only thing that sells out instantly is the whole uh the whole passes, the weekend passes. Oh yeah. yeah. But you I mean I'd want like... to go to I I'd want to go to Disneyland while I'm there anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, so get like a Friday or a Saturday pass and then go to Disneyland on Sunday or something like that. There you go. I actually much prefer WonderCon in terms of going and looking at everything and feeling more comfortable with time to be able to see panels and whatnot. I mean, San Diego Comic-Con, I feel like is more of just the nostalgia of like, oh, we used to do this every year and we haven't in a while. So let's try and go again. But I know I'm not going to be able to see shit. I know I'm not going to want to buy shit. You know, it's, it's I'm going just because I used to go, whereas WonderCon I'm there to see things that I haven't seen before. WonderCon I think is is so much better for people watching too. Like my yeah. favorite thing about WonderCon is just hanging out at the fountain and people watching for yeah. fucking hours. Oh yeah, there's so bad. many cosplayers. There's so many things that they walk and by. So much going on in front of the convention just as much as there is outside anymore. Yeah. And like the actors and the guests mm-hmm. actually come out and 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 walk around out there too, mm-hmm. like uh, Daryl from The Walking Dead met him. Yeah, and we we saw him last. 
we met a bunch of people from G4. Uh, I met Jessica Chobot. I met uh, the guy, that, uh, Chris Gore. Uh, who else? A couple other people from uh, Attack of the Show. <laughs> Just people hanging out out in front of yeah. WonderCon. I feel like I feel like WonderCon <laughs> is a better experience in terms of going to a comic book convention, whereas. San Diego Comic Con, you go just for the bragging rights at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like I actually got in. Yeah. <laughs> you go for the bragging rights and the exclusives that you can sell on eBay later. Yeah. Uh, Todd, Good luck finding them though. <laughs> Todd, you just reminded me. Um, G four. So you know they're ramping up their shit on social media and everything because they're coming back. Uh, the G four account on Instagram the other day, I scrolled past it and they just made a random post saying. Tell us your favorite thing about G4, your fondest memory or cast member or, or show or whatever the fuck. So people all across the board are saying all this different stuff. X-Play. There was a lot of just a AOTS, Attack yeah, of the Show, Attack of the Show. Of the show. Um, I decided to comment on my, I answered genuinely my favorite thing or favorite memory when they knew they were canceled or they're about to be canceled. Oh, I know what this one is. And Matt Myra <laughs> yep, threw a his... bunch of dicks on live air. <laughs> his buyer's during, guide. Yeah, during his holiday gaming <laughs> buyer's guide, he just draw, drew a bunch of dicks that. on the ads, and John Barrow, <laughs> hosting, nearly pissed himself. <laughs> oh, God, that was the... Fucking thing ever. That was the best moment on, on that show ever. Not yeah. only that, but... John Barrowman, every time he was on that fucking show was amazing. Why? Oh, yeah. How did they get him to come to that and, and actually host a number of times? Those are some of the best episodes was uh, in their, their final days because they knew they were. Shit anymore. Yeah, they knew they, they weren't going to be saved. So they're like, fuck it. Like, we're just going to do whatever we want. Uh, it's good times. But yeah. I remember John Barrowman hosted one of their. Uh, san diego comic-con episodes and that was just fucking amazing yeah. just him on the on the comic-con floor chatting with random fanboys and fangirls mm -hmm. yeah oh byron i saw this earlier yeah new resident evil movie yeah yeah so the new resident i'm pretty stoked honestly because i really don't like the resident evil movies <laughs> You don't like those cinematic masterpieces? <laughs> no, even even when I was like I th even when I was like 14 and I saw the first one in theaters with oh, God, I can't even remember who I went with. I think it was Eric and somebody. Oh, wait. I remember I actually won tickets to that off a radio station giveaway off to, to the <laughs> second movie. And I refused to go because I hated the first one so much because it was god-awful crap. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I was like, what the fuck? I mean, it was fun to watch, but like after it was over, I was just like, that was stupid. That wasn't scary at all. <laughs> yeah. I... I liked I, I liked the opening bits to the third one because it was all mad max apocalyptic yeah um, but that was i mean <laughs> I, yeah I, I think i only saw the first two and then after that i was just like i do not fucking care yeah <clears throat> uh, but i'm i'm really excited that they're going to do a, mo a modern adaptation because i i feel like it's i also recently read about um the the original movie was almost directed 
by um George Romero. Mm. Oh really? Uh yeah. Like he he was working on a treatment <laughs> and like he'd already be, it had already been publicly announced that he was going to direct it. Right. Um, now, in fact, you can find his his finished screenplay online. All right. Um, before we go any further, I realized we didn't even actually say it for the podcast listeners. We're looking at this article right now. The uh, it's officially a Resident Evil reboot movie, which I think we've discussed uh, in previous episodes. But the news is that it's officially titled Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City. And it's specifically going to be a faithful origin story to the first game, it seems to be. Or actually, it says uh, we'll adapt the first two games in the franchise. Oh, man. As long as there's not a Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. As long as there's not a creepy zombie fucking dog that jumps out of you in the first five minutes of the damn thing. (laughs) Oh, make it happen. And I need Leon. I need Leon. My my badass cop. See, I don't like that they're going to do two... I don't like that they're going to do uh, both movie, both games in one movie because they like both much. They, yeah. they each deserve their own movie. Yeah. I, I'm sure they'll find a way to blend the two together. Maybe Leon's, maybe they won't. Leon's dealing with shit. Garbage. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Leon's de- dealing with shit at the police station. At the same time, there's another group dealing with the shit at the mansion and they eventually, you know, cross paths and wackiness ensues. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of other new things, did we see the uh, Suicide Squad trailer? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> King Shark, man. <laughs> Although he, he has some big shoes to fill. Yeah, Ron, Fun- yes. Ron Funches did a I great love job. Ron Funches, yeah. Was... Sly Stallone is never gonna is never gonna live up to that though. Like he's gonna grunt and he's gonna like make random noises, but that's about the limit of his acting range. Oh shit, that is him. Yeah, that's Stallone. Oh my god, I didn't even know that. Oh, <laughs> wow. But yeah, it looks fun. It looks exactly as I expected. Zany fun. Uh, Peter Capaldi, who is he playing? He's got like a, I'm guessing some sort of psychic or, or such. He's got like the bald head with all the probes coming off of it. Yeah, so I mean, that's oh, the whole that thing. Oh, that was Capaldi. That lo- I knew that guy looked yeah. familiar. That that's is. the whole thing with uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad, is mm-hmm. that he like very... In- intentionally used as many of the most obscure characters as he could mm. so that the, he can kill them all <laughs> i think like, I like his the, condition, the tagline don't get attached <laughs> yeah his, exactly his condition for doing this movie was i can kill anyone mm. yeah that's probably why they didn't bring back deadshot no wait i thought idris elba was uh no he's playing a new no. character now oh okay Gotcha. He originally was cast as Deadshot, but then he decided after the fact to make him a different character. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, that looks like fun. Who is um who's Fillion playing? Does anybody mm-hmm. know? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I'm something curious. absurd. I'm curious who Flula is playing. Oh yeah, we didn't see him in the trailer. Yeah. I don't think. I was a little disappointed. I was like, where's Flula? Fillion is playing TDK. Don't know who that character is. TDK. Huh. Interesting. Okay. I don't know. All right. <laughs> All right. That's, better... that's it... obscure enough for even me. Like, I don't yeah, even know. That it one. looks like stupid fun. Uh-huh. Even more so than the first one. Hey, there's going to be a giant sentient starfish in it. So. <laughs> they also didn't just make up like these characters just for the film. Like, they don't exist anywhere else in the comic book lore. 
Uh, there's plenty yeah, but of, why? Like, when, you, when you have when you have so many millions of characters at your disposal yeah, that you can just blow up at a, on a whim. There's yeah. tons yeah, of D-list both. villains that they they can use. All right. Yeah. I wonder if we'll I wonder if we'll ever get a Thunderbolts movie. Do you, Do you guys know what Thunderbolts are? Thunderbolts mm-hmm. in in Marvel comics are a, are a, like sort of an iteration of the suicide squad sort of idea in that they're villains who work for the government and go on like top secret missions. But in Marvel comics, uh, originally in their very first run back in the nineties, um, Baron, Baron Zemo, uh, he introduced the Baron Zemo leads the Thunderbolts, but at the time, all the Thunderbolts pretended to be other characters and new heroes. So they were, they were fake heroes. And then at the end of the first issue, they revealed themselves to actually, actually all be villains. Huh? Yeah. Real good. That, that that, first run on Thunderbolts is fantastic. And Zemo stays around uh, all the way up through civil war. So recently, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's, what, yeah, eight, he's even. I mean, Zemo's even in the like modern. Um, he's in the current Thunderbolt. Well, the Thunderbolt title from like 2017 that I'm reading. So, hmm. well, speaking of Zemo, I guess Perfect. we should probably get yeah. into uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Actually, yeah. pause one moment because I had one tiny little bit, one, one last headline circling yeah. all the way back around to animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got wind apparently that Mike Judge has been working to revive King of the Hill. Yeah, 15 years That's later, rad. and it's going to focus around Bobby. Yeah, That's going to be great. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's... I So I started binging King of the Hill at the beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, and I really got to the point where I started to appreciate it on like a level I never had before. King of the Hill is fucking incredible. Oh, it's amazing. Show. It's yeah. amazing. I did not ever... I mean, I had enjoyed it in the past, but I didn't like really truly understand it until recently. Yeah. Um, it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah, that's when I need to go back. Is it streaming some? Where is it streaming? It's on Hulu now. On Hulu? Yeah. It, okay. I, I don't think King of the Hill really hits you until you're a middle-aged man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's just like the, the, the jokes were just a little too sophisticated for me to get as a child because that's when I that's when it premiered I mean I was like like 10 when it's yeah we were all watching Simpsons we were watching Simpsons and getting those jokes but King of the Hill was flying over everyone's head yeah and and it really is it's it's a pretty sophisticated show in terms of the type of humor because there's a lot of irony there's a lot of like very subtle very very subtle jokes like there's even stuff that like i was like wow i barely got that and i'm like a grown-ass adult <laughs> ish yeah yeah right yeah and the yeah. older we get the more we identify with dale gribble <laughs> <laughs> see and that's that's part of the that's part of the question that i i i, I saw um people were talking about this in a, in a reddit forum the return of king of the hell mm-hmm. and people were the the question was would Dale be a member of QAnon? Oh, fuck no. Fuck no. No. He would think that's a government conspiracy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he, he would think it was the, the government conspiracy to get everybody on a watch list. <laughs> Which, I mean, it pretty much is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
this would be so fun. I think there was a whoever leaked the it wasn't Mike Judge, it was somebody involved in it, uh one of the producers or somebody working on the project kind of let slip in a in an interview about it that he was saying the uh the Trump administration really made uh a lot of things relevant again. A lot of uh discussion that would have would oh have... i definitely watched the the episode yeah. where it snows in texas and the entire town turns into <laughs> fucking mad max <laughs> like the day, one... the day that it snowed in texas i was like wait i know there's an episode for this the one snowflake falls on bobby's bobby's head and he yeah says, what what is this and then everybody panics <laughs> loses their minds yeah, it's, it's like when it's it great rains. yo bob slow the truck down just just stop just stop, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just, I just always, I will always remember vividly um, watching. I don't know what season it was, but it, I believe it was the season finale. Um, and it was a cliffhanger because the whole Megalomart exploded. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. like one of the best episodes. Yeah. Like, and that's and then, early. That's like season one or two, I think. I think yeah. I think it's the end yeah. of season three, actually. And then uh, I think it's, is it Dale or no, it's Boomhauer who runs to a, a phone booth. And is screaming at nine one one, saying, "Oh no, dang old megalomart, dang old boom blah." He's like, "Sir, you have to <laughs> slow down. I can't understand a word you're saying." And he's like, "Dang old megalomart." <laughs> 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 it's, just, it's still the same gibberish. He does it as it really slow. <laughs> I mean, so one thing that we know almost guaranteed is not going to happen: Toby Huss is not going to be voicing, um, uh, the neighbors. Uh, what's the story behind that? I'm not familiar. Uh, well, Toby Huss is, do you remember, um, did you watch Halt and Catch Fire? No. Okay. Um, did you watch, uh, The Adventures of Pete and Pete? Yes. Oh, fucking. The strongest man (laughs) in the world. Oh, Uh, Artie? Artie. Holy shit. It's played by Toby Huss, Ah. who is now a well-known actor and voice actor um and he also starred in king of the hill as con the neighbor ah so he's, he's not gonna yeah gotcha. so i think it's very very highly unlikely that toby huss returns to voice con mm-hmm. well not only that but you also have no luann either so she's dead yeah oh shit Brittany murphy yep. oh, yeah yeah what about who is um Pamela uh, Adlin's bigger than she was then though, so yeah, um the Redcorns, John Redcorn. Who is he That's voice? a good question actually? Played by Jonathan Joss. Oh, okay. That that works. Is he native? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. He was in uh Parks and Rec. Uh I will the- say Oh, that, that's the same guy. Yeah, the, the... oh, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's dope. Uh-huh. Um, I, I will say that w- during my rewatch, anytime Khan was on screen, I was like very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I can. I because it's I, not I, like a particularly like, um, reasonable performance either. No, I, but I have I have not seen the show in probably twenty years, and. Just looking at the picture of the character right now, I hear that voice in my head. I'm like, oh dear. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's it's very not, stereotypical. It's not good. It's, not it's, good. Very, yeah. like... it's incredibly offensive. 
Um, but other than that, that's I mean, like really the only super problematic thing that I noticed during the show. But uh, and then again, it also did introduce people into the fact that there are other Southeast Asian uh, people other than Vietnamese. That's true. Mm-hmm. And they did make a good point of like yeah. pointing that out multiple times. Uh, I agree with you on that one. Um, but I don't know. Khan's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, other than Khan, though, the show has held up remarkably well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, like, it's the Apu problem, you know, like Simpsons is just as like, yeah. th- that's just as bad, if not worse. I mean, yeah. I think I think this one stands out more because the character himself is an awful person. Yeah. And, and is very obnoxious in the yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's less about the the brown face, we'll call it, yeah. and more about the fact that even though it's a minority character, it's like a terrible person mm. playing a minority character mm. or being play, uh, being in a minority character's shoes. Yeah, sure. Oh. But yeah, I'm sure they'll have plenty of opportunity to update it and you know, make it right. But in the meantime, we should get to Falcon and Winter Soldier because they are trying to make the world a better place. Uh, but uh, can they can they get past their their uh, their the bro pain and their uh, that's funny because it almost sounded like propane right? when we're just talking <laughs> about King of the Hill propane <laughs> and propane accessories <laughs> <laughs> could be the title of the podcast uh, <laughs> no yeah can uh, can uh, Bucky and Sam get along long enough and. Uh, and resolve their differences to uh, stop Zemo and uh, well, I mean they're well they haven't even introduced Zemo yet except in the last second of uh, of this episode. They're uh, gonna bring him into it just so he can fuck shit up and they'll have to stop him from fucking shit up. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, this uh, I, I was I enjoyed the hell out of this episode. Uh, Megan, yeah, I like was- this one a lot more than the first one. Yeah, Meg and I were both uh, kind of surprised. Like, wow, we actually kind of like this guy. This uh, the you know new Cap John Walker. Oh, John Walker. Yeah, he's he was like so charming uh, up until the the last point where you know he has to do the the stay out of my way, stay out of my way, angry cis white male eyes. You know. <laughs> you know. I mean, <laughs> a few days after watching it, you know, the first episode, I said that I don't know if I'm sold on this show yet. Um, but the same thing happened to me with WandaVision. So maybe we get more episodes <laughs> and I'll like it more. But even this last episode, I it's so forgettable for me. Like, I feel like I've seen this shit over and over and over again. And I don't know. It's just it doesn't have like that interesting thing about it. Like, Wanda- I, I will say that it the, the, the plot is not really engaging me. Not at all. In the way that it it should or at least i i feel like it could because it is sticking pretty close to the winter soldier formula mm-hmm. um but i do other like other than the plot stuff i am much the plot is i think the weakest element thus far but the character stuff that we're getting with with sam and with bucky is so good 
Oh, yeah, for I sure. love the wizard versus sorcerer. Yeah, that's like great. Big three, the big three. Yeah, yeah. alien, aliens, androids, and wizards. 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 Yeah. yeah. Sorcerer's just a wizard without a hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Did and you read I... The Hobbit? Oh, yeah. Yes. And he called it. Yeah. Bucky Bucky has read The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, but I really like I really like what they're doing with um with specifically like I like what they're doing with Sam a lot, especially I like what they're doing Sam with Sam in this episode a lot more. Um, but I still think that Bucky I also like Bucky's Bucky's just so interesting. In terms, like at this point, he's been blipped. He's he's like popped in and out of pop uh, in, uh, in and out of modern culture for seventy years. Uh-huh. That guy has had a life. Being Jesus, a assassin, yeah. And that didn't really dawn on me. I mean, it, of course, it did. But um, we are starting to see more elements of that with uh, the introduction of this uh, Isaiah Bradley. Bradley. Isaiah yes. Bradley and his uh, his grandson Elijah Bradley or his yeah. son Elijah. Bradley. That was a very powerful scene, I think, in terms of talking about like putting a giant spotlight on the racial injustices that are happening in our current day. Or, I mean, have always been around, but you know, they're really like like they literally like slapped us in the face with that scene, and yeah. I loved it. You know, so so. so- just discovering that there was a a, a black, black soldier. super soldier. Yeah, like a so this storyline and this is so I mentioned this in I think it was the last episode yeah. that I was really hoping that they were going to do this and I didn't think they were going to do it in the second episode. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad they did uh, yeah. because uh, yeah, Isaiah Bradley is from this storyline, uh, this comic book that came out in 2004 or 2003 called um red white and black or truth red white and black and it was about this this um this how they tested the super serum serum super soldier serum before steve got it is they Mm -hmm. tested it on 300 african-american soldiers and all of them except for isaiah bradley died jesus and he was the only one to successfully live and then they experimented on him for decades and threw him in prison and it left him like in the comics at least it left him effectively a vegetable mm-hmm. um but not at not until after they also utilized him in like combat scenarios and etc um and uh there's a great hollywood reporter article about it i strongly recommend if you want to know anything more about this because it's this this comic alone is worth finding and checking out um well, the biggest problem with that is that you the only way to do that right now is illegally or on um, Marvel Unlimited because I was checking to see how much a trade paperback and or an issue of this out of print comic goes for. And a trade paperback goes for almost $500. Jesus. So because it's been out of print since 2003 because it, it came out during the height of the Iraq war. So mm you know patriotism and all that yeah um but i it's it's the comic is like heavily inspired by the tuskegee experiments which are you know a very real and very fucking horrific history 
uh, for African American servicemen in, in this country. And so, uh, I mean, the Captain America like lens on telling a story in that is actually the perfect place to do it. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, and um, as we we're kind of discussing, it's not the overall plot so far of the show may not be as splashy and thrilling as something like WandaVision or more superhero-y um, uh, in that sense. But this is the perfect... It's it's great that we have this opportunity in the midst of this giant... of the Marvel MCU and this crazy superhero world to tell these smaller but extremely uh, relevant and important stories. Yeah, and I knew I knew... I knew this wasn't going to be as impressive as WandaVision just because there's so much more interesting, I think, iconography that WandaVision can sort of play with. And the sitcom nature is like inherently, I think, better for television than something like this, because Mm -hmm. this sort of just is emulating the structure and style of stuff that we've already gotten. This is a film, basically. Yeah. This is a film that's that's been broken up into six parts. Yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to say earlier. Mm-hmm. In terms of like we've seen this already, <laughs> but this is also, and I, I mentioned this, uh, I came on, you know, I also post about this type of stuff online all the time, and on my Facebook, and sometimes my Instagram. But um, this is exactly what I've always wanted Marvel to do, is, and I think it works for the MCU just as well as it works in the structure that they do comics is that you tell the big, huge stories in, in max in like, so like the way the comics work is that each like comic uh, corner gets its own limited event, like um, take back the shield or the clone conspiracy that crosses over into the five or six comics in that corner of the world. And I feel like going forward, that's what the standalone movies are going to be like captain Marvel will have, uh photon and captain marvel and ms marvel all in one movie and then uh the shows will break down back down further into like the weekly uh the weekly series like miss marvel is getting her own show and then that's every year you're gonna get one huge event that brings everybody together that's yeah. what they wanted to do. That was the original plan for Agents of Shield. If Ike Promoter wasn't such a fucking prick. Yeah, man. They, <laughs> Agents of Shield. It. I mean, I love the show, but it really was such a missed opportunity. Yeah. No, that that was exactly the plan. They had said when that show was premiering that we want this to be a showcase to expand the characters. And they never got that opportunity. They never were able to get any of the big names on. They were only able to get. Do you think it's just because Figgy and Perlmutter just fucking hated each other? Yeah, no, that's and exactly. Figgy was the like, reason. I don't want to. I just don't want to work with him. That's the exact reason. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I fucking I hate I hate like Perlmutter myself too. But I, like, they could have if it was like someone other than Figgy. He they probably could have made it happen. You know. I don't think so. I think Ike Perlmutter was just such a bag of dicks that it never would have happened. <laughs> and it, it and it's really amazing that they still have not managed to get rid of him. Like, I mean, the guy is like embedded himself into. He's got his little dick fingers all up in Disney. <laughs> so it, he, isn't he like eighty years old or something? Yeah. 
Ugh, I think I he's older than that, actually. I think he's probably closing out on 90s at this point. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Wow. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Like, like we already said for the, the character elements uh, and for, you know, the, the newer elements of, um, you know, Isaiah and that entire um, backstory they're bringing into the fold. Um, oh, fuck. I completely lost my train of thought. God damn it. Um, so we're getting Zemo. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Zemo. I, I like the character. I, I actually read a number of Thunderbolts uh, comics. So, I really hope that, uh, I mean, Marvel and DC copy each other with fucking everything. Oh, yeah. So I hope they, we get they the... have since the fucking 40s. Like... Yeah. So I hope we get the the Marvel, uh, the Marvel Suicide Squad, basically. Hmm. Um, so the, what do you guys think of the Flag Smashers? Because uh, like, I didn't see they, what they're going for. Didn't they name drop Power Broker? Yes, they did. Okay. I thought I didn't so. catch that. So there, um, and wasn't Power Broker in Daredevil? Power Broker's been in fucking everything. No, I mean, like the show. No, no, I do not remember Power Broker in there. Huh? Maybe I'm mixing it up with another character. We um, didn't get any super soldiers in Daredevil. Yeah. yeah no, we didn't. Hmm. So, um, maybe you can explain something to me because uh, maybe I, maybe they discussed it and i i forgot or or maybe they haven't quite clarified what's going on yet but the the group that we're following uh the they're effectively anarchists right yeah yeah Yeah. um thus far they've been i don't think they're using that term because they want to stay that explicit out of that explicitly political realm yeah you know so we've seen them smuggling um what vaccines and like supplies and whatnot to yeah supposedly to go to refugee camps yeah uh, so I, I actually okay and th- this was actually a, a a detail that i noticed in this episode that i appreciated because um uh the so the flag smashers they want the world to be like it was when there were no countries because the, uh, during I guess the what, what what they're what they're implying is that all the governments of the world collapsed Mm-hmm. which makes me think that the world should be in a lot worse shape than it is. Yeah. Um, little, little bits of like, Oh like yeah. Maybe, maybe Spider-Man homecoming, like really undersold the, the devastation that was wrought by the, the blip, you know, a little bit. Um, well, I mean, you get that at the beginning of the uh, end game Endgame, where yeah. like New York is just a fucking mess. Like there's boats all over in the Harbor. There's, cars piled up everywhere at wrigley field well okay so this actually gets into um, this gets into um field city field uh so 50 percent of the entire population disappeared right Mm -hmm. there's another comic where that that's it that exact same thing happens tony which is yeah why the last man oh shit right i mean it's not it's a very specific 50% 50% of the population, but it's still 50% of the population. Yeah. Um, and the entire world turns into fucking Mad Max. Yeah, mm. yeah, everything goes to shit. Like, the, in all, like, entire, the entire, all of human civilization collapses effectively for a while. Mm. Um, and, and this was actually something that I had 
was talking about when the movie came out and it's a little bit why the blip has never super worked for me is because like if you killed 50 percent of all living organisms on earth all human life would go extinct because all life would go extinct because you have very specific uh eco balances yeah exactly like ecosystems are very carefully balanced and if you if you were to remove 50 percent of all living things on earth every single ecosystem's ecosystem in the world would collapse i don't think these movies are based on that kind of science <laughs> well i mean well that was thanos's entire reasoning yeah exactly. the only way for life to thrive is to is to scale everything back so thanos was flawed in his logic because he didn't take into del- the the balance of the the delicate balance of certain ecosystems so so that was something that i appreciated in this episode was when i think it was sam somebody said like oh they want to bring the world back to the way it was with no nations or something and i think Mm -hmm. sam said and what's wrong with that yeah that's what i've been kind of thinking in the back of my head this whole time i'm like so these are the bad guys like (laughs) and i do think it's so what they're doing is they're i mean they are pretty explicitly the villains at this point but it seems like there are some people on the writing staff who are like well maybe that's not a bad thing you know like you know i i think they're not trying to be villains themselves but they are being used by somebody else who is making them villainous yeah yeah manipulated and that makes it much more interesting that way as opposed to just yeah because there's no way that a that a faceless violent mob could ever be manipulated by like (laughs) shadowy forces not at all that's (laughs) that's impossible there's no way that people would randomly gather in one place and storm a building uh from from the very vague instructions from a faceless leader crazy man next thing you know the show is is very fantastical oh geez dear god (laughs) uh so um as we were chatting earlier in the week byron um our thoughts on uh captain america light he seems like he's introduced as a a likable enough guy just an average joe trying to do the task that's been bestowed upon him uh i'm waiting for the i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop yeah, so there's a bit of that broing out once uh, you know he can't get uh, Sam and Bucky to play a ball, and he's like, "Oh, stay the fuck out of my way." Um, so yeah. I'm guessing that he's gonna get he's gonna get some of that power broker super soldier serum. Super soldier serum. Yeah. It'll make him. I, I'm I'm guessing that, that he's uh, gonna get roided up and go into a roid rage. Maybe beat his wife. um do something uh, because if you're gonna make if you're gonna make like this new captain america a villain it has to be pretty explicit like Mm. because you have to remove because you have there's still trump supporters watching the show so like you can't you can't call an american serviceman a bad guy unless he is so ludicrously bad that he he needs to be taken down you know Mm mm-hmm and the uh, like the the tr- traditional like war crimes aspect of it we're finding out more and more that about 50% of our population would be okay with that yeah. so him <laughs> like randomly murdering a bunch of iraqi civilians i i don't think would be the the, the major evil bad that ever that uh, we think it would be 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, and that was yeah, that was another thing that we had sort of like speculated was that um, he, maybe his his those medals that he got weren't so squeaky clean, you know? Yeah. Like we're gonna find it. out that he's actually like committed some war crimes or something. Hmm. And it's uh, got to be. It has to be something like that, be, or else, or else like just the fact. I, I just don't understand. I don't think that they can make him a villain. Well, and they're going to have to. I know what makes universally anybody a really bad major villain hmm. is all, he, and I don't want this to happen, but all he has to do is just hurt a puppy and automatically <laughs> he's a villain. Okay, so like, and then I don't suddenly, even think... You're on. Nobody and like, then suddenly John Wick is in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. John Wick is willed into this universe. He just so, manifests. Because the other thing is that in the comics, John Walker is this character called U.S. Agent that took over for Cap in the 1950s, I believe. Mm. Um, there's been a lot of, there's been a quite a few alternate Caps over the years, so I might be mixing him up with another one. But uh, U.S. Agent has come and go over time, and he is super powered in the comics, I believe. Um, but he's also just like a fucking dick. He, he like went through some PTSD for a while. There was a whole civil war storyline where he like was working with the bad guys, but he was, but he didn't want to be because they like had his family and or something. It was the whole thing. Um, uh, but he, he's, he's gone back and forth in the comics over time from being a hero to an anti-hero to an explicit villain. And he, he, he constantly goes back and forth depending on who's using him. Like in the take back the shield, uh, storyline which is one of the other storylines that this show is basing itself on by Nick Spencer the one that I've been reading mm. um, leading up to Secret Empire uh, John Walker shows up literally to take the shield away from Sam hmm. because Sam is like working with Antifa effectively um, and the the Marvel version of Fox News has whipped all the conservatives into a, a fury that Sam doesn't deserve to have the shield because he supports Antifa. Mm. And you know the original Antifas had a name. They were the U.S. military. They were the allies, <laughs> yeah, right? Oh God! They were Captain America. Captain for America was very into Antifa. He he was one of he the was first Antifa. Antifa. Yeah, he literally punched Hitler in the face. Have you guys seen that? Uh, I mean, there's been a dozen, there's been thousands of memes, but uh, it's specifically the screenshot from Last Crusade with Indy punching out a Nazi on the tank in the desert. And it's just like Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, man. Um, um, so John, John Walker is interesting. And uh, just from his comics experiences, I can... I can only think that they're going to turn him into a villain. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, did anybody else find it a little uh, jarring that uh, essentially they gave new Captain America uh, a black best friend? Oh, that that was like, intentional. It, yeah, it, that was clearly like, oh, well, you know, uh, Steve Rogers had Sam, so we need a new guy. It, it, did it 
was that supposed to stick out like a sore thumb or was it? Yeah, just... I, th I think that's no, the I, whole... I think it is. Yeah. Th yeah. That's, and that's part of the commentary, especially when he brings yeah. up his, his, his call sign is battle star. Battle star. Yeah. yeah. And they roll their eyes and like, we're getting stop the fucking truck. Like we're getting, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> I think that's, and that's one of the, like the major like tropes that Marvel has had to overcome for a long time is, they always introduce POC characters as sidekicks or yeah, the sidekick. The so they're kind of commenting. They're they're white comment falcon. They're pointing out their or, uh, own, white their wolf. Own. White or he's like a white panther, and then he's like black falcon. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so they're they're actually commenting on their own past sins. Yeah, yeah, uh, very clearly. Whatnot. Yeah, which is good. That's cool. Well, and it seems like it seems like the re the writers it seems like they very they're very intentionally trying to tackle race in this. I mean, it's literally part of the story, but they're doing it pretty well for the most part. I, it's not a hundred percent there, and I think they're like they're like ninety they're like ninety percent there. We'll we'll see how they stick the landing. Um, because uh, like even in that scene when um, like bucks from the past you know and he hasn't experienced the you know decades of racial uh, upheaval you know he missed the 60s um and he missed 94 you know so like he tells him to he's like just show me your id just show me your id as if that would help as if that's uh, something that's yeah. gonna work you know because like buck <laughs> doesn't he's a white dude he doesn't he's he like he's from queen like white queens you know yeah they just walk out of that intense moment and they're discussing <laughs> uh, you know, the racial <laughs> issues at hand here, the major implications. And then he starts getting harassed by the cops. That was yeah, exactly. Exactly. Christ. Um, is, he, I mean, is he harassing you, sir? <laughs> uh, do who is the, is the showrunner black? I feel like they've got to be because like they're, they're, they're like picking up on things that like a white a white showrunner probably wouldn't or and if not i'm guessing that the writer of this episode was probably black i don't know i would have to look it up created by malcolm spellman directed by kari well the director is definitely a white woman so it's what about the the right the writer of the episode i could be wrong like but it just seems like the themes are particularly on point this up uh, during this episode the screenwriter is malcolm spellman who i do not recognize i'm not sure uh no he really is a, looks like he is a person of color uh, okay that i mean that's make that makes sense uh so that he's also the showrunner then that's good we'll get into more uh i guess comic booky territory next week or this friday i guess as zemo enters the fold I'm I'm interested to see what they do with Zemo because he's such a radically different character in the in the comics. Like he was a he was a Nazi in the comics, but now he's from Sokovia. So, and you know, was born much much later than <laughs> World War II. I mean, he could still be a Nazi. When, you know, it's yeah. not like Eastern Europeans are particu particularly anti-Hitler these <laughs> days. Um, do you think we'll get a scene where he tries to reactivate Bucky? Oh, absolutely. And Bucky maybe fakes him out, like pretends to go with it, but then you know, and then just decks him. 
deprogrammed thanks to uh uh shuri and, and wakanda it's like yeah fuck you man <laughs> wasn't one of the wasn't one of the trigger words homecoming homecoming mm, wasn't that the whole thing was that uh remember there's a car in there where there was like volkswagen or something yeah i don't know do they uh, that reminds me i think in the end credits with the little yeah, homecoming was one by the way I think the, the next was... movie that came out was Spider-Man: Homecoming. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Isn't one of isn't there a shot of the trigger words amongst all the? Oh the yeah, yeah. I think uh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So do those end credits? Do they change every episode? Or I haven't they... noticed it. I think they're the same as far as okay. I can tell. But yeah, at some point there's like a, a, a little scribbled list of random words on the wall. I'm like, I oh, I think I'm pretty sure those are the trigger words. Well, and that's yeah. how um that's how I knew Isaiah Bradley was going to be in the show because somebody saw a a picture of uh Carl Lumley and pretty much figured out that <laughs> Isaiah Bradley was going to be in the show. Yeah. There's a there's a prominent picture or a prominent photo of uh I think some some woman holding a gun like firing a gun like right in the same montage where it shows uh sam and bucky and there's another woman but they don't have a name on there and i don't know if we've been into blonde yet no i don't think it's uh, i don't think it's sharon uh, okay because i was gonna like say it's probably sharon then but look like a random brunette or i don't know maybe it's her just... in her wig because she's had different hair color oh maybe yeah but yeah i guess that would make sense because i know she's introduced at some point uh, anyway uh we're a little over an hour and a half guys um is there any uh, final thoughts here? Um, no, nothing good. Uh, nothing but good things. Uh, I liked it. I will continue. Yeah, to I liked it a lot. I liked mm-hmm. it more than the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll hang in there. <laughs> I'm not saying I hated it. I just am not wowed by it like I was WandaVision. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm kind of there with you. I'm, I'm like intrigued but at the same time i don't know it's uh it's uh it feels more of a like a slow burn as opposed to just funny because that's how some people described wandavision to me wandavision every episode from the get-go was super exciting to me remember though we were sort of at this point with wandavision when it started because i think you and meg were but tony and i were sold yeah i was eating up every moment of it like i didn't, didn't care but it wasn't the, until like episode four hit with Wanda, I was like, oh shit. Well, I'm- see that, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm One sort of thinking is that like, mm-hmm. I have a feeling they're going to pull some sort of crazy uh, shit out of their hat. Well, they have to because we're at the halfway point with next yeah. episode. So yeah. Zemo, once Zemo shows up, it's going to get crazy. I think that's, that's the, the tipping point. Yeah. Hmm. They release Zemo, and uh, he suddenly has a Rita Repulsa voice, and he's like, ah, <laughs> after 10,000 years, I'm free! <laughs> I'm to conquer Earth! Uh, yeah. yeah. We should just let her. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a good just run. Let Rita do her thing. Yeah. Uh, her. Were, were putties really that lethal? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, if it's Elizabeth Banks uh rita I, i'm okay with <laughs> hey, that yeah i'd let her dominate me anyway. yeah i for one welcome our uh <laughs> our <laughs> repulsa overlord <laughs> yeah i'd let All her right. me. <laughs> oh jeez. all right guys <laughs> <laughs> oh 
They have an off button. Yeah. You they literally have a kill button on their chest. <laughs> Why do we even have that, that button? <laughs> you know what? I will never. But not until I... season two. Yeah. You know what I will remember <laughs> till my dying day is the music, the theme music for Bulk and Skull. <laughs> that ridiculous little <laughs> you should learn that on guitar i should <laughs> all right guys we gotta get out of all here right, thank yeah. you for joining uh, this is tony this is todd this is byron and meg and meg <laughs> uh, it's morphin time <laughs> <laughs> 